Episode 790 of Carcon Carne. I'm James Van Osdell, and Carcon Carne is sponsored by SopelSolar.com. So it's the beginning of November. Winter's on the way, and with winter brings horrible weather in the Midwest. It's never good. And that means now is the time to jump on getting those solar panels in motion. Get them on the roof of your home so that you are ready to start saving immediately. The second those things go on, you start saving money and it costs nothing out of pocket. Get it going now. It's the beginning of November. Head into the holidays feeling confident that you're taking charge of your finances and you're improving the value of your home. Brent Sopel, former NHL player, former Chicago Blackhawk, is the guy who's going to help you. Sopel, S-O-P-E-L, solar.com. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Carcon Carne is also sponsored by 90 Days in the 90s, written by my friend Andy Fry. Do you miss the 90s? Do you miss grunge, punk, indie, all the great music from that decade? Well, what if you could time travel back there? Think about all the cool shows you could see, like the Pumpkins at Lounge Axe or Avalon. If you're planning a road trip for Thanksgiving, the holidays, the weeks to come, this is the book you want to be reading. 90 Days in the 90s, a rock and roll time travel story, the ultimate novel about the 90s and Chicago's music scene. Join record store owner Darby on her trip back to 90s Chicago as she jumps on the gray line and time travels back to her carefree 20s, soaking up all the pop culture, all the nostalgia. To learn more, go to 90daysinthe90s.com and get yourself a signed copy while there, or you can pick it up on Amazon or wherever you buy books. Now it's November. It really is. Now it's November, and I'm moving farther from those I love on Carcon Carne tonight. Three guys who make a lot of noise together. It's Alex, Zach, and Jake. It is the Linden Method joining me from the remote studio. Yeah. Hi, hello. Hi. Nice to see and hear from What's you guys. Happening? Is this your practice space? Yes, it, it is. is. You can it see is. My drum kit behind me. Yeah. There's the drum set. It. Very taste, tastefully appointed. Thank you. Suitable for rocking. Zach's um, an interior designer. <laughs> in my spare time. This is probably long overdue. I, I think the first time we talked over email or whatever was like six years ago, but you guys were chugging along long before we first made our love connection. Uh, and I guess let's start there. I mean, you've been the Linden Method or together for well over a decade at this point. So why don't you walk me through some history? Yeah, we've actually been together for a while. TLM. I actually don't know. See, yeah, okay, so I'll, all right, I'll, I'll take this Give one. Then, the story. Okay? This is going to be great. All right, yeah, is it? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, 2012 was like when the Linda Method became TLM, the Linda Method, right? And that was Alex, Zach. Nope. No, not, sorry, Alex, myself, not Zach, um, with a couple other people, blah, blah, blah. But Alex and I have been together for a little longer than that, like 2009, 2008. I mean, him and I have been playing together for 13, 14 God, years almost. Math? Romantically yeah. speaking, we've been together for that long. Yes. Sure. My, wife, my wife is not a fan of it, but you know. No, but hey. Some look, partnerships are sacred. Love, the love is love, is bro. The, the past is the past, okay? We've right. moved on from that, right? It's all good blood. No no bad blood, though, you know? Uh, <laughs> no, but so yeah, him and I have individually been playing together forever, 
But then TLM came together 2012, let's say. And yeah, we've been at it ever since. You know, uh, I feel like we really found ourselves, though, in the last like four or five years, though. Sure. As soon That's as I joined really the band, became, it sounds like. like. <laughs> the music we're making now, this new album that released, uh, Grief, mm-hmm. that really encompasses like what we are, who we are, what we have been for these last few years. Um, so, yeah, it's been a long haul. Earlier on, we were more on the super pop punky side, but now we kind of... Before that, we were a metalcore band. Yeah. And that was before TLM, though. Yeah. No, no, there were some metalcore early TLM songs, too. We had influences some on them. Screamy, yeah, yeah, so there's some screamy, very, very, very early stuff. And it's uh, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can find it online if you want, but you shouldn't want well, it. Well, there are some not... cool parts, but like overall, yeah, not yeah. great. Well, it's interesting, and I knew that about you. I knew that that was kind of in your deep yeah. in, embedded in your dna i i think maybe i hear traces of that on monsters inside on grief kind of had some some of the post-hardcore world and that's kind of more a zach's influence in the band he's a post-hardcore he'll tell you whether or not it's post-hardcore he's a <laughs> oh, bit he of a post-hardcore okay. elitist yeah. oh, I, don't, I don't i don't mean to be i just have very passionate feelings about this topic at the desk that we're sitting at there's a literally a cartoon sitting up here about oh him yeah being that <laughs> my girlfriend Drew. it's very good you, you gotta stand for something yeah you gotta I, own a position I, yeah. the, the post-hardcore guy yeah i mean the only thing i've ever believed in is punk rock and what is post-hardcore if not the next evolution so all right, so explain explain for our listeners who may not know, what is post-hardcore? Take that, Zach. Um, that would be, uh, it's, it's literally a genre of music that was born out of hardcore punk that took a lot of the aggression and the ideology towards it and expanded it beyond just being loud and fast and incorporated, you know, dynamic to it and just really experimented with it the same way that, like, post-punk did in the 80s and that, like, post-rock does to this day. What's the difference between post punk and what's what's the other one? Post rock, post, hard, post hardcore, post rock. Yeah, any of those. Uh, post punk is what a lot of people think of as new wave. It's like goth stuff. It's your Joy Division. It's your stuff everyone loves. Talking Heads stuff, stuff like well, that. That's great. And then post hardcore just has screaming vocals. Then what's post punk? What's a band? It's like Joy Division or the Talking Heads. That, that was really punk. yeah. Okay. It's a genre that a lot of people know that don't realize that that's what it should be classified as. I'd call it uh, rock and roll. I call everything rock and roll. Rock and roll. <laughs> We're going to publish a flow chart, kind of tracing the lineage of all these different directions to go along as a companion piece. That meme I, episode. That meme I of Charlie Day. That. Meme of Charlie Day, like yeah, smoking yeah. a cigarette <laughs> with all the the background, like, This is what it is. <laughs> it is a deep rabbit music. hole. Yeah. Yeah. But, but this is the nerdiest thing I'm going to say to you guys, and I, you just kind of tapped into something unintentionally from my deep radio past. Are those RE20s you're holding up? They sure are. They sure are. We used to have an engineer back at Q101 a million years ago who like, would defend RE20s to the death. Those were his mics. We all had to learn how important they were to the overall broadcasting process. Is that the well, Shure SM7B? Indeed it is. That's what I've got. You want to have nerdy conversations, you're we in the it. right place, we my got friend. Clearly, clearly, the Linden <laughs> Method is the hookup. Uh, so Grief is the new album. The, we've teased this, yes. uh, the new album. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about it because it is really good, and I think you have hit your stride with this. Thank you. Uh, it opens up with the longest song on the album, and a song that 
really, I think, sets the table for the rest of what, what follows. Is this thing even on? Cool tempo changes. Talk to me about this song. <laughs> yeah, so um, the song, I don't remember where it, it was written. This was the seventh, seventh song, song that we wrote that for That was written it. for the album. Uh, yeah, we write songs in numbers, and then we give them names after. Yeah. Typical. Yeah, yeah I, get, um, I get that. But uh, when, when we started writing the album, it, we didn't have much of a concept that we were just writing to write. And if, you know, we liked a song, then it stuck around. And if, if not, then we got tossed. And then somewhere in the, I don't know, fourth, fifth song, we started really developing an, an arch for what we were trying to accomplish. And the idea um, really that we, we wanted to make meaning for the album. And that was figured out, you know, part of the way through, like, what are these songs about? What are we trying to tell? What's our story here? And we noticed that my lyrics were all conveying different aspects of grief. And um, this is actually pre-pandemic written and recorded. The album was completely done before COVID hit. We had a bunch of shows booked to do to come out to, and then boom! Yeah. We all... Wait, wait, so this, this is where your head was at before the pandemic. I, I can't imagine yeah. how fucked up you were afterward. Oh, horribly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of addiction issues, I feel, and, uh, you know, just all over the place there. Wait, are, <laughs> no. are, you being, are you being serious or facetious? No, no, facetious. Uh, I mean, half and half. I picked up smoking in the pandemic because well, yeah, I used so to go outside, but yeah, the, um, not, nothing serious. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I, I wrote a country album during the pandemic, so that really shows you how far, did. How far down we went. And we actually all did stuff on that, too. We played on yeah. that a little bit. It was fun. Yeah, it was a fun little creative thing to spending do. Spending a bunch of time alone. <laughs> All right, so let's let's spend some more time digging through what was in your head around the time of grief. Right, there's a song in there called so, Neuroses, which is just this manic frantic <laughs> piece. I mean, it's a literal like version of Neuroses. So I have um, a few mental illness uh, issues. I have um, a Tourette's. I have OCD, and I have panic disorder. And so I'm uh, you know thankfully medicated for all of these and. But when I, when the medicine isn't doing as well, or um, if I'm ever off it, uh, that's what it feels like to be in my brain. Wow. And that's what the song's about. Um, I have very high anxiety states and most of it, uh, it, 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 it runs your life if you, you allow it to. And that deep control is what I was trying to express through the music of how it's it's not you it's this other thing it's this thing that's controlling you and you need to fight back against it and say you know no this is not me this is not this is not my choice this is not who i am this is this other thing living inside of me and that's you know where songs like monsters inside and um neuroses and all those kind of tap into for me uh, we're monsters on the inside and all the villagers all are in the all and the villagers all know i mean what a great line and I, I i really didn't know any of that about you so this is super interesting that you would lay yourself that bare for people to hear and react to yeah, I, you know, I i had when i was a kid i was terrified of it and i i realized the reason you know people made fun of it and and you know you get bullied for stuff like that is it's really that people just don't know they don't know what it's like they don't they don't understand that people have it they don't understand the people that they have daily interactions with are dealing with things and are so, you talking about yeah. Tourette's or uh, all of them just, you know whether you have depression or no and and honestly uh 
so Alex and I lived together for fuck nearly 10 years and I don't deal with a lot of that stuff right so like for me you know rewind 10 years ago I'm one of those guys probably like oh you know that's all bullshit whatever it's just in your head but yes it is in your head like it's a fucking real thing yeah and living with him seeing all this happening I'm like you know this is somebody that I've known and loved for more than half my life that I'm like well you know he wouldn't lie to me on how he feels or this and that I'm like damn like yeah this is and I, I would see it. I would see the way he would be when he's like on his meds and things are kind of regulated, or when he's not and it's kind of acting up. I'm like, oh my god, like yeah, you know this shit is kind of people deal with this shit and people don't understand or know. I didn't understand or know right. until I experienced a lot with Alex, and then I saw a lot of it. I still, I still don't even understand and know, but I know that I don't know that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's kind of a weird you know way you, to say you that. You know what you don't know. Yeah. It, exactly. Yeah. Right. So it was. Uh, I mean, yeah, it definitely educated me a lot. And then, like, and uh, to also stuff. revisit the point you were making, uh, I wanted to say that, like, I also feel like being radically honest and just laying yourself out there like that is the only way that you should be going about things like this. Nobody's going to benefit if you're just telling stories that you have no actual personal relationship to. And so I feel like something like this, where we're really putting something raw out there, I think just translates better. It's more honest. It's a better way to be. Yeah. They, and, you know, with the lyric writing, I've I've always been into poetry. I've always written. You know, even in college, I took free writing classes. And so they allowed me to really have freedom with a lot of the lyrics. And I, I come to them with ideas and present to them. And, you know, they kind of help me make decisions. But they've granted me that creative freedom in that category and uh so i've been able to write just very honestly and i i think it's a disservice to the rest of the world to hide your story i feel like you know all we can do is benefit from learning more about each other so as an adult i've really gone out of my way to try to sit and when people say you know hey why are why are you doing all those crazy things why is your face making all those things you know why are why are you making noises why and i i said and i explained to him you know what you know what tourette's is or what having panic disorder is and, and i have serious conversations and, they, and they'll say you know well, it's like it's like that one episode of uh, south park where he just says fuck all the time right and i'm like <laughs> no oh, no <laughs> not at all <laughs> but let me take the opportunity to you know teach you a little more about these things yeah. and uh you're you're terrified of how others are going to judge you it just all of us are i mean we're all terrified but that kind of tells you something that if we're all terrified it also means we can all be liberated by just being honest to each other and so the whole album is really just an open honest exploration of um it, really the idea of grief and a self-reflection i love it and i mentioned november indirectly at the beginning of, of our conversation which is a song you led with from the album I mean, really, if there is a more challenging month for mental health as the the weather goes shitty and we're heading into the holidays, I, I don't know what it is. And now it's I November. don't know if February exists. February exists, but there's a glimmer <laughs> of hope because spring's right behind it. I mean, for a lot of people heading into the holidays, it is an emotionally crushing period and just it's a high stress period. Um, yeah. Coming from radio, that's when everyone got fired. Uh, it, it's November is tricky, and I, I think yeah. you you kind of encapsulate that on this song. Well, in that song, uh, are you going to share with him what it's about? Yeah, I'm going to share I, what it's about because it's literally a fuck about me. I didn't tell him uh, until I, just okay. So funny fact, I just found this out like recently in like what the last two three months, and we wrote I think this it was shit, right before my wedding. We wrote this like two years ago. Yep. 
<laughs> just found this out. The song was about me. Because uh, last couple of years, first time I've ever dealt with any depression shit. Like, uh, seasonal, really. Again, seasonal these winter months. Starter, yeah. You know, it started fucking me up. And, like, at first, I was just like, eh, I'm just being lazy. But then, like, the next year, same thing again. I'm like, you know, summers, I'm out and about. I'm high energy, everything. And then, like, I plummeted, right? This is actually the first year that I'm, like, catching it early on. I'm like, dude, let's get let's get a hold of this. We're good. We're still going to have to deal with it. But let's deal with it in the right way now that you're aware of what you're yeah. going through, right? Because knowledge but, is power. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so he just told me the other month that, like, it was kind of about me. And he, I listened to the lyrics. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, that was those months <laughs> that I was, like, I lost my passion for everything. That's actually when we were going in the studio to record Grief. Uh, leading up to it, I, you know, I was excited, but I didn't care. I had no passion. I had no drive, no nothing. Once we, I mean, once we were in the studio, I'm like, yep, this is awesome. Love it. Like, Everything was there, hundred percent, right? So once actually, it started going, but do you remember that first day? But, he was actually really bogged dude, down that first just day. Just like couldn't. Yeah. Yep, I wasn't there uh, mentally. Everything, and it affects more than just that because it. I walked into something that I was so excited about. Didn't really get. It's not that I didn't give a fuck, but it was just like I didn't have that like full on hundred percent right. effort to go. Once we got going, it was different. It changed what we were going through, but. What led up to that was leading into these months that I didn't want to practice, I didn't want to play, other things in my life too, work, relationships, all of that, holidays coming up, didn't really care about it, family. Again, I'm not saying I don't care about these things, I'm just saying like because mm -hmm. of all that, it was like I just, man. Eh, no, I yeah, when you're right going now. through it, it's tough. You know, I was going through it and well, that sucked. And the, the lesson here, how great is it that you have each other as a support system? How important is it that Absolutely. you're able to to verbalize this stuff with each other yeah oh yeah that, having brothers and sisters like this like these these bonds that you have that are you know beyond any sort of friendship that yeah. um you know i just got married to my beautiful wife Juanita. hi Juanita. um and you know they're both my best man alongside with my family they're you know they're my groomsmen yeah. they're they're as much as family to me as my actual bloodline and you know we've always been there for each other and we've always been open and honest like when fritz started dealing with that stuff we all sat and we started talking about it we said hey man like we think something's actually going on here like this isn't just yeah you know. no it was weird like i said i'm 30 years old so this i was like 28 at the time and that was the first time i ever dealt with some type of uh you know uh <laughs> mental issue right i've never had that before yeah. So I and, and and me being me, I just kept pounding off like, oh no, it's just it's just nothing. I'm just being lazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just tired. Lazy. Whatever. You know, whatever. I'm just tired. Right? Now two years later I'm like, fuck no, yeah, no, so seasonal depression. Shit. I go through that, I guess. Right. That's yeah, for real. <laughs> you know, yeah. So that song, a fun little thing about it, Fritz was he had a real bad day the I believe it was the day before, and we had kind of talked about it a little bit and I was tiptoeing around the subject because I didn't want to be offensive in any way mm -hmm. to him. And, you know, obviously that stuff can be sensitive. And uh, I was in my job. I get to go up to the tops of buildings uh, downtown all the time. And I was sitting on the 40, like fifth floor penthouse of this building. And I was looking out over Chicago and it was just gray iced over and it was November. And um, I went into the toilet or the bathroom up on that floor, sat down on the toilet and just started writing. Because I, I was like, there's something here. There's something yeah. to the stillness and this almost sadness that looking over the city has. And I that that was what captured. Yeah, he was taking a poop and then thought of me. 
<laughs> as usual. I think like all great songs have been written on the crapper. It's that's probably true. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. I, another, I want to talk about a couple more songs. Again, the, the new release from the Linden Method is Grief. It is available now. Uh, Reverend, to me, feels a little bit like an outlier. Not that it doesn't fit in, but there's something going on there. The, it, the, it, it feels different. <laughs> no. We and I had... Uh, when we wrote that, when we started it, I remember bringing the idea because... Look, I'm a sucker for ballads, power ballads. I love like 80s hair metal and stuff, so love that stuff. But then I was like heavy into like the uh, Lawrence times at the time. And I was like, man, we should write something kind of like this. And I just say that to them, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've also been listening to them a lot too. And then they just took it, and I was like, cool, hey, let's fucking do this because it's awesome. Hey, Brendan, thanks for coming and hanging out during our album release. That's awesome. And also on the album, as I was listening to it for the first time, I'm like, Oh shit! That's Devin Parker on "Beautiful Strangers." Yeah, it sure is. Love you, Devin. <laughs> Unmistakable voice. I, oh, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, I can listen it. to him sing forever. One of the one of the <laughs> nicest, most talented dudes in the scene. Yeah. Period. Full stop. Uh, so that must have been fun to put together. That was great. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. That with with "Beautiful Strangers," we're we wanted to have different we wanted a lot of dynamics on this album that was part of what we, we did not want a straightforward skate punk album that could mm. be defined we wanted it to have ups and downs ebbs and flows and actually uh something we haven't even talked about is th the whole album was written obviously as a concept album but was put together specifically if you listen to it it will flow from song to song one directly into another yeah. it's supposed to go as one long song that's supposed to simulate what it feels like to uh, be watching a movie a film score so there the climax the the apex you have towards the end of the song it drops back down you have the resolution and um beautiful strangers that's the reason that song's on there in that way it's this kind of like nihilistic happy while unhappy ending that there's just feeling of there's hope and there's beauty but there's also kind of beauty and knowing that everything won't be okay and that's that's okay too that you know life moves on i love i i've said it before i think the the act of album sequencing is kind of a lost art i think yeah we spent a lot of time this is our first time doing <laughs> it and we really loved it because we spent so much time like oh my god this makes this just gives it so much more and I mean, like it—it's—it's it's how you get songs like "Beautiful Strangers," which is supposed to represent acceptance. Like the whole record flows kind of along like the the five stages of grief. Mm -hmm. So, like that's how you also get song titles like "Is This Thing Even On," which yeah. is supposed to be uh, like denial and like instantly anger, goes into neuroses yeah. for anger. And like, yeah, it flows kind of through that pretty heavily, which is really cool that we were able to tie Zach, it all together. Zach yeah. is mostly to to thank for that. He does yeah. all. All, uh, all production work with that side, um, all the synthesizer work, pad work, all of that is his programming. And a lot of people don't know that he does all that stuff in the band, that we have that whole side to it. Because uh, we actually produce the albums ourselves with just our buddy, Joe Scaletta from Word of Mouth Recordings. We rent out a studio and we do the whole thing, just mm -hmm. him and us, front to back. And so... Yeah, and we had the most fun with this one, too, because we spent the extra money to have the extra time to where, honestly, we could just dick around in the studio and, and like, have that availability. It's a nice that, luxury, isn't it? Yeah. Well, oh, so, so, you know, nice. we used to, you know, being younger, early 20s, you want to spend the money to get the good product, but you're also broken in your early 20s and you're in a punk band. So you're like, all right, two days, let's record an entire yeah. full length. But we're like, no, we want time to toy with stuff. 
try things, have fun, record something that wasn't even on the album. You know what I mean? Yeah. We never had that luxury. It was just get it, do it, record it, put it out. We got it. But now we're like, no, no, no. Let's spend the time where we were already doing so much more for this record than we've done before. We're like, let's let's keep it going. I love it. And again, the result is grief. And it makes so much sense now thinking about this as a concept. I, I mentioned, is this thing even on as a great like kind of scene setter? And that makes sense. It's the, yeah. I mean, you really were thinking about this as here's the introduction. Here's the opening salvo of this album. Here's how we're setting the stage. I, I, really well done, guys. Well, thank, thank you for giving you. us so the platform to talk about it, because without shows like this and, you know, people don't really know. Who you know? There's there's really no marketing campaign we're going on trying to sure. sell people on the album. Yeah. You know, we're just putting the work in and saying, hey man, we hope that people uh, get something out of this. And you know, obviously, shout out to people of Punk Rock Records who picked this album up. Absolutely. And uh, they've been an incredible label. They've been awesome to work with. Um, everything they're putting out is awesome. I mean, every single thing they put out is killer. And so they've been great. Thank you guys. Um, and it. I, I don't know where I'm going. Well, okay, it's November it's 1st. It's the, plat the platform. Oh, yeah. You're, you're no, giving just, us the platform well, to talk about. I, I, yeah, I think yeah. the thing is what he's saying is that, like, if we didn't have this availability to talk about what it all means, people would just put it on, listen to songs, call it a day, right? You know, and most people, if you did give them the whole album, they'd listen to like, oh, that was really good, blah, blah, blah. But if you lead in and tell them, like, oh, no, hey, there's actually this meaning behind it. There's this concept, uh, lyrically and musically. Again, it starts off super heavy punk rock, skate punk, takes a dip in the middle with Reverent, like you were talking about, and then by the end you have this great song which featured Devin, Beautiful Strangers. It's like the resolution. So if you listen to it musically and lyrically, it all flows together. It's it's there for a reason. But doing this allows us to tell people that. So now if they have already listened to it, but they go back, they're gonna find more than they didn't hear before. Yeah. Or if it's your first time listening, you know to kind of look out for this now. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Which Absolutely. is cool. That's what we want. You know, it's we spent a lot of time putting feel, the nuance in it. I feel like, like a lot of people on the lower level of things that like where we're at, you know, don't do a concept album, and we didn't even well, plan it. It's it not just, just you. It's not just. I mean, we we we're in very much in a la carte yeah. culture. We're in a, a singles culture, and that's the results of the internet. I mean, that's yeah. It's it's definitely an ADD yeah way of digesting sure. music and. It's uh, everything's on demand. So I, I do applaud you having a complete artistic vision and raising your hand saying, here's what it is and pay attention to this. I think you guys, right. you know, it was actually speaking of Lawrence Arms, uh, I, I was reading an interview that Brennan did and he said, you know, all of our albums are concept albums. And and he said, yeah, you can make albums the other way. But once you've done one, it was something along the lines of like, why the fuck wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, if you're going to spend yeah. all this time on your art, why not make it worth something? Why not have a greater meaning and put more behind yeah. it? And that was like Metropole, that album just, it resonated with me that when they put that album out, that, uh, you know, it's about how lonely you can feel in a city where you're right next to so many people. And that album left such an impression on me um, that it, it, it really pushed me to talk with these guys and, you know, making this a reality yeah so it's november 1st 2022 what does the rest of the year look like for you shows stuff what's going on we did we did most of the show stuff that we were planning on doing if you know if a good show pops up then we'll take it but for the most part this is when we like to write this yeah. is the time of year when you're stuck mm -hmm. inside um spending time with family and 
that that's our favorite time. It seems like every year this is kind of the same cycle that you go and play a bunch, you you know, do everything out and about, and then you kind of come back in and start to reflect on what you've done and what you want to do artistically next. This is Chicago is a woodshedder's town. That that's yeah. what that's what artists do in the winter. They they practice, they write, they well, perfect plus, what they lo- do. Who likes who likes lugging back and forth to shows when it's fucking ten degrees <laughs> yeah. outside? Ten degrees, <laughs> everything's icy. It's literally <laughs> dangerous to walk. <laughs> Knowing that the people who said they were coming out to the shows on your Facebook event probably yeah, aren't because that, that, they feel the same at? way about the weather. Yeah. 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 Nobody exactly. wants to come out. Yeah. But I mean, hey, someone wants to offer something, give us a shout. We're here to play, but yeah, we're, yeah. we just, you know, I guess we don't actively. <laughs> yeah, we just don't really look play. out for it. It's like it's cold. We don't want to be outside. We would right. rather be inside enjoying yeah. ourselves. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest. All right. The yeah. Linden Method, the new release is grief. It's fantastic. Uh, thank you for being so candid and forthright. I, I, I I didn't know any of this about you, and I, I really—it was an yeah. eye-opening conversation. Absolutely. Dude, thanks for having Thank us. Thank you so much. We Thank really you for having us.